Welcome to episode 11 of Be A Bigger Fish. This is the podcast that explores the power of podcasting to grow your business or your community. I'm Debbie Aurelius. I'm the host of Be A Bigger Fish. I loved making this episode with Nadia Feiner. Nadia's a business coach and an author, and I found Nadia through her podcast. She has an amazing story to tell about how she overcame her own insecurities and embraced her individuality and built her brand around her identity. A good day at the office for Nadia is when she's helped other people to face their fears too and to be brave in order to go bigger. Nadia tells us all about her podcast and how important storytelling is as the basis of her content. So there's plenty of great advice in this episode about overcoming your fears and also keeping things simple in order to achieve more. So let's get into the conversation. I am really excited to welcome Nadia Feiner to the podcast today. So welcome, Nadia. Hello, hello. I'm so happy to be here. It's exciting to finally be on your podcast. (laughs) I know, I know. It's really exciting. So Nadia is an international speaker, a business coach, a successful author and an experienced podcaster. And in fact, I found Nadia through her podcast. So we'll probably speak a bit more about that later. Um, But I'm personally delighted to get the chance to speak to Nadia because she's actually the godmother of Be A Bigger Fish. (laughs) <laughs> yeah Nadia gave me, she gave me the nudge I needed to get the podcast going and I'm really 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 grateful for that so thank you oh you're very welcome I love the idea of being a godmother to a podcast it's probably <laughs> a lot less drama than being a godmother to a child <laughs> yes although you probably shouldn't you shouldn't dip your podcast in water I shouldn't think it's probably, Yeah. So would you like to tell my lovely listener a little bit more about you and about what you love to do? Okay. So, um, well, I'm Nadia and I, I'm a coach, I'm a business coach. So my, my main work is all about helping people to go bigger in their businesses and, and often in their lives in general. So I help people to be braver, um, to think bigger and to create strategies um, in their businesses so that they can scale up, make more money, all that good stuff. And um, I also like writing and I've written a couple of books like you mentioned and um, I've had my podcast as well for a few years now. I'm not the most prolific podcaster but um, (laughs) consistency is not necessarily my main strength but I do love my podcast and um, I yeah I, I find that it's a great way to connect with people so yeah and I, I really enjoy my work actually I I wouldn't you know I, I never think of it like hard work um, I just it's something I love to do and it feels weird when I'm not working if you know what I mean not I that do. I'm a workaholic <laughs> no it's a healthy balance but yeah no I know exactly what you mean I feel much the same actually yeah yeah, yeah. It's really interesting that you mention about encouraging people to be braver and be bigger. And that's something I'd really like to explore um, a little bit later. But first of all, 
I wonder what inspired you to, to take up podcasting, especially since you just said that you really like writing. Um, mm -hmm. What was it about podcasting that made you think you'd jump in? Yeah, it's a funny thing, actually, because I'd never um, considered it before. And I it wasn't something I was really into. It was quite a few years ago now. And um, I wasn't a super kind of big podcast listening fan at that point. Um, but what happened was I was looking at my business and my brand and how I showed up in the world and it struck me that I'd always hidden away and one of the reasons um, that I did hide away was because I have this little voice and I, I'm shy about it, you know, it's always been a bit of an insecurity for me, um, the way I sound and ever since I discovered that I sounded really young, um, it was the day I discovered it is what you know when something weird happens in your life and you um, on the outside to everyone else it's probably nothing but it's a moment that kind of defines your life yeah. forever yeah. For, forever going forward for the rest of your life <laughs> um, so for me it was um, in a French lesson and I was about 15 and I was listening back to something I had recorded about a French film. We had to talk about a film we'd seen. And when I pressed play and listened back in the language lab with tapes and headphones and things, um, the voice I heard, was, it sounded like a little kid speaking. And I was thinking, who the hell's that? <laughs> why is that kid saying what I just said mm -hmm. and um, I realized in that moment that the kid speaking was me and that that was how I sounded so from that moment on aged 15 I became you know mortified by the idea of my own voice which is kind of weird because it affects lots of different parts of your life doesn't it yes of course um, and but in those days, um, you know, we didn't have social media or mobile phones, so you didn't really hear yourself that often, and it, you would you didn't need to be that visible. So it was quite easy for me to hide. So the you know things I would do would be not um, leaving voice messages, um, not phoning anyone I didn't know. I'd avoid speaking in the front of the class, going on the stage, anything like that. And I kind of carried it all the way through over the years for a long time. So by the time I became an entrepreneur, um, was a business coach, I was very well entrenched in this kind of hiding away right. yeah, <laughs> and, and, and not being seen because you know it, it does it's silly because it affects um it affected me on the inside and then whenever I'd forget about the way I sounded people constantly remind you so professionally or you know just in everyday life things like people ring up and they ring the house and they ask to speak to my mum, which is embarrassing because in our house I am the mum. Yes. <laughs> and then <laughs> one time I tried to book a birthday party for my son. He was nine at the time and they thought I was trying to book my own birthday party. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, so it kind of affected me for a long time. So when I was thinking about the business and how I could grow my business um, and how I could be different, because there's so many other people doing what I do, how do you stand out? How do you make a connection with your potential clients? Um, I took this very odd strange scary leap of faith and decided to embrace the way I sounded um, and I came up with this idea of a brand that would be called Little Voice Big Business because I knew that nobody sounds like me and yeah. that if I, if I felt little um, and a bit shy and scared um, other people would do too and those people would be my my kind of people um, and then from there the logical next step was well how how can I how can I connect with these people and what would be the, the kind of the scariest thing for me to do um, the most sort of um, authentic thing and it struck me that having a podcast would be would be that thing because it's it's just your voice um you know it's not you can't hide behind um anybody else it's just you and your voice so that was that was kind of a very long-winded way of telling you the story of how I decided to start my podcast. Yeah, that, that's an amazing story though and, and really inspiring to be fair because I think we all have something that we harbour and we think is our downfall or our Achilles heel or whatever and the fact that you had the courage to you know highlight that and, and turn that into your strength is really inspiring. Yeah, so. Thank you. Well it was it was very scary. I remember the first time I released it was yeah, it was episode one or I think we call it episode zero. Yes. You know the one where you yeah. tell your story. I put it out and I think literally the first comment I got was from some woman who said, Oh my god, her voice is so irritating. <gasps> no. Um or, or something it was so weird, it was so like aggressive. And but the cool thing was actually loads of people kind of took umbrage to that and said, yeah. you know, didn't you listen to what she was saying? <laughs> How could you be so insensitive? And then there was this huge argument on a post and I got loads of new listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I know. It was was that you? Was that secretly you then? <laughs> no, I couldn't have made it up though. That was pretty oh Bobby's Bobby's um making my dogs under the desk and he's making funny dreaming barking noises oh, <laughs> so cute but um yeah it couldn't have made that up really that um that that happened but it did test my uh, my metal if you like because absolutely oh my goodness what have I done everyone's gonna laugh at me <laughs> yeah so I mean it takes a lot of confidence to you know get out there and share your message on a podcast anyway I mean how, how did you overcome that initial fear about putting that content out there let alone before you had the negative feedback I know um I think I've come to realize that in order to achieve anything in your business you have to think less about yourself and more about your audience and your people because the minute I think about my my own fears and insecurities and doubts um, that's when I get kind of paralysed by fear and I just, uh, I don't move forwards or achieve anything. So yeah. for me, it becomes more about thinking of my, my listener and what she or he 
usually she, uh, what she needs and how it's going to help her. Um, and try not to think too much about myself because then I'd go, you know, I'd be in bed under the duvet going, ah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. That's a really nice way of thinking about it. I have to mm. say, that's really generous. But one of the things I love about your podcast content is the sort of tone of them, the fact that you base most of them on personal stories and they're very sort of gently self-deprecating um, and you've got a great sense of humour so they're always really entertaining to listen to. Um, is that Was that a conscious choice? Is that the sort of model you decided to base your podcast on? I think at this point I'd like to pretend that <laughs> that it was um, a strategic business decision. Uh, I'm not sure that it was. I feel like when I speak, I'm just myself. And that's, I guess that's strategic because, well, trying to be somebody else, trying to be all sensible and serious doesn't seem to work too well for me. So um, when I can just speak and be myself, it's easier. And I think anything that makes it easier is a good thing because there's enough you know challenges in the world and also just the challenge of being consistent in terms of creating content and putting it out there if every time you opened your mouth um you had to pretend to be someone else it would be um exhausting so avoiding that at all costs is good but also I think in line with my brand um and my whole story around embracing my my little voice to me that feels it feels like part of that is talking in my own voice not just the voice itself but what I say and how I say it um needs to be authentic and just me rather than pretending you know over the years I I've I've been shipped off to all kinds of you know elocution lessons and people telling me that I should work on I know um work on getting some more gravitas in my voice oh yeah yeah being more presentable for clients that kind of thing and you know sod that I'm not going to do that so I'm just going to be myself and hopefully um I I hope that that comes across and in terms of the the stories and the structure of the podcast I think partly for me it's a bit lazy (laughs) because I I just think well you know, if I have to organise, always organise an interview, like I'll do some interviews, but if I'm always organising interviews, then there's extra work involved and um, I want to just have that spontaneity where I can think, oh, I've got something to say and I want to say it today, so I'll record an episode um, rather than relying on other people. So I I like to mix that up a little bit. And I guess finally on that point, um, I love stories. I really mm. like the fact that you can tell a story and it illustrates a point. Um, and there's stories all around us all the time. I always experience things and think, oh my goodness, there's a story in that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and want to turn it into something, into some content. So, um, yeah, like, and I guess I use stories, I was thinking about this, I use them at home as well. My son, he loves them. So I'll, I don't hear, he says, tell me the story about Auntie Emily and how she fell in a bin. 
you know, and there's the oh. story of how she didn't listen and she was swinging on the railings and, you know, she fell in the bin and she's bleeding everywhere. And it's like, you know, <laughs> there's always a moral to the story. <laughs> I love a good story. <laughs> You're a natural storyteller by this time. <laughs> Do you find that you learn through listening to other stories as well? Is that sort of your natural yeah partly I think you remember stories don't you yes um, you I always remember the story of something that happened and it's vivid it brings it to life um rather than just always being told what to do um so I I, I try not to do too much where I'm just sort of teaching all the time I mean obviously I have to do that a little bit but teaching's good but I'm not sure that podcasts work that well for just teaching because often people are out and about and they're listening or they're driving or they're in the bath or you know in yeah. weird places and if you're yeah. teaching and people you know like, go and get a notebook you know type this down it just feels like it doesn't quite work so yeah um it's good to bear in mind how people listen and where they are when they're doing it yeah I agree with that actually I, I think that's one of the really powerful aspects of podcasting is that people can take the podcast with them wherever they go whatever they do and it becomes integrated into their normal experience of life so you mm. know I, I listen to podcasts when I'm walking the dog for example or you know, doing the garden and it I, if I do those things now without a podcast I feel quite frustrated <laughs> I don't have that with me do you think this there's, there's something in that that's making podcasts so successful at the moment? Well, I think it's interesting, isn't it, how we're supposedly, we have really short attention spans. Yeah. Um, and so I know myself when I'm reading a blog, I tend to sort of scan through it. Um, when I, obviously, when I read a book, I can hold my concentration, but, you know, when I'm watching a video from somebody, a content creator, you know, like, mm not kind of grabbing my attention within literally a few seconds I've already gone on to the next thing and I can't really be bothered so yeah and that's just me noticing my own behavior I haven't done extensive research into it but <laughs> it's yeah because I can be bothered <laughs> <laughs> um but it's more just it interests me that podcasting is so laid back and often people's episodes are really long and people are listening all the way through. So um, I think it, it's just a format that suits the multitasking perhaps because you're not often sat there doing nothing else other than listening, but it's a good way of, of getting more out of your car journey or more out of your dog walk or more out of the drive um, to work, for example. I, I think it, it it maybe fulfills our desire to make our time work harder for us, but in a kind of chilled out way. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's absolutely right. It sort of suits the mood of the time in a way. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you first started out podcasting, how did you learn how to do it? Because that's <laughs> the question that comes up so often when people first start out is, you know, how do yeah. you Yeah, it's really interesting because for me, it was a massive barrier. Right. <laughs> I think often tech really is a big barrier. So I, I noticed, you know, when I started making videos, the thing that held me back, obviously fear really badly, but once I'd got over that, 
I didn't know how to get the video off the phone and onto the computer. Right, oh, I was such yeah. a wally. Um, but then, you know, podcasting, I, I hold my hands up. I do not do a lot of the tech. I can't do it. I can't. It's not my thing. Um, I have someone who helps me. And so my friend Natalie, who's my producer, we were friends before. She has a podcast called The Fertility Podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Natalie. You did. So Natalie's yeah, my buddy. She, she was, she told me literally how to get the thing onto iTunes. Right. Um, she helps me edit and produce the podcast and so I just my focus is the content I try in my business to just do the stuff that only I can do um and I really recognize that I'm good at certain things and then really terrible at lots of other things um so rather imagine how I would procrastinate if I had to edit my own podcast I mean I wouldn't even it just honestly wouldn't even exist so um I had to have somebody who could come in and just be like right you just do the episode and then pass it over to me and I will edit it and add in all the jazzy bits and yeah. uh, and then with, I, know, I know how to upload it onto the um the hosting thingy and then you know beyond that it's just about sharing it really so for me I just recognized the failings <laughs> in my skill set. I did like sign up to some courses and things, but then I obviously didn't follow through on it. Because, um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think just focusing on what you do best is the key. So if you're keen to podcast, but you're not a techie person, then just get some help with that side of things and focus on creating the content instead. Yeah. Um, it's actually quite easy to record once you know what mic to have and um, how to press play on the thing, the, the software, um, and how to save it, then you're all right after that as long as someone else can then step in and work their magic. Yeah, absolutely right. I think it's such a strength to identify where you're really happy and where your skill set is and where, you know, you can really thrive with your work and where it's a good idea to hand it off to somebody else because um, it just saves you such a lot of energy and, you know, effort yeah. to force yourself to do things that you don't really want to do. I agree completely. And, you know, imagining if you're thinking about creating a podcast for your team or yeah. internally in a business, um, the work that you need to focus it on is communicating with the team, um, not editing the podcast. And there are loads of people you can find who do that kind of work um, virtually um, on an ad hoc basis so it's not like you need to employ someone you hire them for the work that they do on a kind of contract basis and it's exactly. really straightforward doesn't need to cost loads of money either yeah absolutely and and sometimes you can you know record lots and lots and lots of episodes in a short space of time what they call batch recording um, yeah. you know when they're when they're sort of influence takes you and you're really happy to lay down the things that you want to have in a podcast and then you can let, let release that content can't you over a long period of time so it can serve you well to you know get some support in just for a short space of time um you know and still capitalize on that for a long time to come so yeah there's all sorts of ways to 
to achieve podcasting other than having to do everything yourself absolutely i mean and on that point as well it's amazing considering you know you were saying that you had listened to some of my earlier episodes and i think i recorded them about three years ago um so they're still doing the rounds people still listen to them and it's incredible how long lasting each episode is that it exists forever until you take it down basically and that people are constantly rediscovering it and that it's still um you know you create it once um and it works so hard for you it's amazing um the value i think that it delivers and i still get clients who come to me who've bonded with me through the episodes and you know they've listened to things that i recorded all those years ago yeah that I think that's so true it's a, a huge benefit because anything you put onto social media as you know just gets scrolled past so quickly the timeline scroll by so fast mm. it's incredible so the half-life of that content is is really really short but podcasts you're right I think if somebody decides they want to pursue a particular niche they'll go and seek podcast content for that um, and it doesn't matter if it's a couple of years old it's still you know as long as the content is still current it's still as powerful as it was then so yeah, that's a, a huge benefit of them, actually. You mentioned that you get clients who come to you and they feel like they've bonded with you through the podcast. What do you think that bonding is all about? How does that happen? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think, well, I, I suppose if you imagine each podcast is somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes long mm. and they, you know, imagine they've listened to 10, if not more, that's a lot of time when they've had me wittering on in their <laughs> in their ear with them and bonding with them on their walks and their drives and things. I think it's partly just the length of time that you've had to build a relationship. I think also you're in their ears. I know that sounds odd, but often, you know, you put headphones on and you've actually shoved a thing in your ear. <laughs> and I, I'm talking like right in your ear and um i think perhaps that helps the connection um with people and i think it's a one-to-one thing you know i notice that when we're talking here we're talking to you the listener um single uh, singular single um and not to you guys, you know, um, when you make a video, I think you're aiming it often at this idea that there are thousands of people watching all at once. Ah, okay. And they're probably not, but it's just the tone. And yet with a podcast, you try and talk to one person. So I'm talking to you right now. And that, I think, creates the bond rather than trying to lump everyone together. Yeah, I think that's true. That's one of the pieces of advice I was given very early on is, you know, speak as if you're speaking to one person, um, because that's what's so important, that connection with the one person who's listening to you. Um, But yeah, I I think that's a really lovely thing about them. And the idea that someone, well, you might be listening to this naked, that's weird. (laughs) And for all you know, I could be naked, I'm not, but I could be. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That makes more of a connection. (laughs) People listen in the bath, you know, I was kind of freaked out by that. Yeah, yeah. You never know, they could be, you know, you don't know what people are doing. (laughs) That is true. That is true. It's worth considering. Yeah. 
consistent. So whether does that mean that you consistently um, make podcasts mm. for people in the bath? Or um, what were you alluding to there? Because you talked about how you find it difficult to be consistent, but that consistency yeah. is important. I think, you know, the advice is that people release a podcast and they'll say, oh, this is a weekly podcast, or this is, um, you know, they set expectations for the regularity of the the um, release dates um, yeah whether it weekly or monthly and I think over I have struggled with that I think for me I just keep my podcast going so I'll have like rushes where I try and do one a week and then I'll have a rest and I could be more structured and say oh this is a 10-part series and maybe I've pre-recorded the 10 parts but then even then sort of scheduling the release dates or in an organized fashion I think it's just me I'm not the most structured person I, I tend to kind of do things when it when it feels when good it, yeah. Yeah, which is right. why I'm not a great employee to have so anyone <laughs> don't try and hire me because you'll regret it <laughs> obviously I'm very good at my work but I'm not good in like such a structured uh, you know situation so but like you said you can get around it by batch recording and then just trying to release things regularly but if you if you're creating a podcast for a business um, perhaps internally set the expectations um and but be as as uh make it as kind of achievable as possible so i think we all set off with these you know, oh sure i'm gonna do it every week and then life and work get in the way and, and maybe weekly is too much daily no way um Weekly is achievable if you imagine you spend one day a month recording and then you spread it out each episode out over the yeah. month. That's completely achievable. Um, and I think, yeah, the key is to just keep going with it and not give up. I think a lot of people create a podcast, you'll often find them where they've got, you know, 10 episodes and it's clear that they someone created it got all excited and then got bored quite quickly because you know it's not no work there is there's work involved and I think the key um actually we talked about this before with the stories I think you want a format where you can imagine creating endless content yeah right <laughs> so it could be that you interview um someone in the business every episode um and you've got sort of ten thousand members of staff well that would be you know that would keep you going for a while and presumably you'll get new people so you could see how that would run and run um if you're if you sort of get too tied into something and then you're going to run out of stuff to say i think that's when people come a cropper um, and then they start resisting creating new content. So right. I think that's why I like the sort of stories and thinking about stuff that's gone on or how I feel about things, because I know that I'll always have stuff to say on that rather than rehashing um, teaching points over and over again. Yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. And did you have a sort of business outcome in mind when you set off so you know I know that you know that you had a lot of motivations for starting to podcast but did you kind of have targets in mind or was there an objective you were hoping you'd reach and um I think I 
I try to use the podcast to achieve different goals um, at different points. So at the moment, I'm releasing episodes where I'll mention the book. So I'll talk about, um, oh yeah, my book's called Little Me Big Business, by the way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I'll mention that um, as a kind of call to action. And then I'll perhaps have a period of time where I want to get more discovery calls booked. So I'll mention those and aim to get a few people booked in. I mean, I tend not to... It's it's a bit strange because if you think that someone could listen to that three years later... (laughs) And you might not be selling the thing that you talk about at that point. So I tend to keep it quite general because um, I might change what I'm doing. Um, and then it would be a bit weird if the links don't work or it's something that I'm not doing anymore. So sure. general kind of awareness raising. I don't tend to set targets in terms of, oh, I really, you know, I really want 10 new clients from this. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it anymore. Because I think I've proven that it works and that it gets results. It's just, um, it gets results over time because it's about the relationships, like you say. So someone will come and be almost primed and ready to buy into me just through listening to the podcast. And and that's, if, if there's a few people like that, you know, it's amazing value for what it achieves. Absolutely. And a lot of people I've spoken to have said something similar, that by the time people come to them through the podcast, they already have made that selection based on quite an in-depth understanding of that person's preferences and the way they think and you know the, the things they would choose to do. And so you've already established quite a good degree of trust, um, mm. you know, which must give you a really good start actually to, a, to any sort of relationship. Yeah, I think so. Um... I think it's just deeper. Mm. It's deep, man. (laughs) It goes deeper because they know your sense of humour. They know, like, you know, we talked about an episode I did where I was speaking with a client who's a personal stylist. Yes, that's right. You know, I was telling a funny story of how I'd worn this really bad outfit for a a speaking gig that I did in, I think, yeah, in Vegas. And um, they videoed the whole thing. And then I looked back on my outfit and was just like, what the hell was I thinking? And, um, you know, if when someone's listening to that ridiculous story, I think they're going to they're gonna know what I'm like a little bit and they're going to feel some kind of connection. So it's yeah. not just all the really kind of heavy going emotional stuff. Um, it's also the silly things too. And I think if someone kind of books in to talk to me and wants to work with me so that I can help them grow their business, then they're going to know what that experience would likely be like. Because they, they've heard all the crazy stories and they... They know about my family and the dog and they know what I'm like and that we've gonna we're gonna get along, you know. Yeah, and I, I love those stories. I remember them and the, I love the candor um of, of that sort of tone that you know it's um something we can all recognise. You know, we've all done that. We've all had to stand up and speak and then thought, oh, why did I choose to wear this? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have to tell you, the worst story I heard about that, there was a friend of mine, and I feel like I'm glad this happened to her, so it never happens to me, but she had to stand up and speak one day unexpectedly, and that morning, she just got dressed by putting on the trousers and whatever she'd worn the day before, 
was in a hotel somewhere, you know, she hadn't put anything away. So she just got up and put the same trousers on. And as she walked out onto the stage, the knickers she'd been wearing the day before fell out of the bottom of her trouser leg. Oh my God, what did she do? Did she smile it out? She just carried on like it hadn't happened. But oh. I can imagine everybody must have been just looking at the knickers and not her. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, yeah. my God. But at least that's not happened, right? <laughs> yeah, at least mine was just bad. Mine was just a really unflattering outfit. And to be honest, it was a, a turning point because I looked literally like the size of a house. And I think at that oh. point I thought, I really need to get in shape. <laughs> like, that's not a good look for me. So, um yeah, in in some ways it was good, but yeah, my knickers were definitely on my bottom. So yes. happy days. <laughs> yes. <You> see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so many oh. pictures in my mind now. <laughs> yeah. Deep oh, thoughts and. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. So the outcomes you've wanted from your podcast have varied over over the years, effectively, which is really interesting, actually. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, sh- I could be more concrete, I guess. I can say, oh, I'm going to record 10. I-, I have, you know, an idea for 10 episodes. They'll be based on the book and it'll all be about driving book sales. But interestingly, I kind of resist making those episodes. <laughs> like, I know I need to do them. It sounds very strategic and sensible and it'll probably do well um but it just doesn't feel as fun as kind of sharing the stories I want to I, I like the stories and I like the connections yeah. um it just feels I don't know it feels important I know that sounds really weird considering we've just been talking about knickers but um <laughs> I feel like it's important for me to connect with people for them to know that when they're trying to achieve something when they're trying to grow their business or go bigger in their life or at work, do big scary things. Um, I think it's important that I can show them that they can do it and that um, that I believe in them and that there are things they can do that will help them to achieve that for themselves. And I like helping people to do it. And if I can just kind of make that connection and show people that it's possible, then you know, that's a good day at the office for me. I wholeheartedly agree. I think that's a lovely way to put it. And I really do understand what you mean about why that feels important. I think it's incredibly powerful that people feel connected to somebody, Mm. particularly when they're trying to tackle fear. You know, that's the thing that's so powerful about it. You know, when I was setting up my business, I was listening to your podcast and kind of laughing at myself in the stories you were telling about yourself because I was going through exactly those, exactly the same things. I did exactly the same things you described in, in, in your podcast with your experience. And it kind of makes it feel okay. It's that sort of, do you know what? This is okay. I'm going to be okay. You know, somebody else has gone through these things and survived and been really successful. So, you know, I, I can tread that path too. It's, it's going to be okay. And I think that's really powerful. I like the idea that I'm kind of holding people's hands while they do the, the they do big scary things, and the the fear that we have around um, putting ourselves out there or pushing ourselves or um, like striving for more. 
I don't think that necessarily goes away because if it was um, comfortable and easy, then it wouldn't, it, it kind of, it's contradictory, isn't it? It wouldn't be a big thing. It would just be, oh yeah, I'm just doing that thing again. Um, whereas that, the feelings that we have around pushing ourselves, it's always going to be hard and scary. And I think we maybe people aren't honest enough about how they feel. And I know that for me, it comes up all the time whenever I'm trying to do something new or mm. challenging and it's so easy to hide from it. It's so easy to just kind of get overwhelmed, start comparing yourself to other people to tell yourself you can't do it. And, um, and when that happens, progress is basically, well, I'm going to say slow, but really <laughs> it kind of grinds to a halt and, um, I think the fact that I experience it too and I recognise that it just happens often and it's about pushing through, um, people can hopefully relate to that and, and learn from it too and know that I'm kind of with them on their journey. Oh, that's lovely. That's, you know, that's such a nice basis to, you know, have a good day at the office basically, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, super. So if a first time podcaster asked you what would be your biggest piece of advice to them what would you say? Um, I would say have a really clear idea of who you're talking to. Um, imagine that one person and what they're going through and really focus on what they need and how you can deliver it for them but in a way that makes it easy for you um, to deliver and then enjoyable for them to listen to you so um, I just try and I know that I'm not for everybody and that's okay um, but I have this kind of clear idea of who I'm talking to and what she's going through and if I can somehow make her life easier then I feel like it's you know it's all good so it's mm. as simple as that really I think Often I see podcasters trying to emulate others, you know, picking a successful podcaster and, you know, even down to the tone of their voice and as well as the structure of a show and they'll copy it, um, literally copy and paste. Um, and it's just so fake and awful. Yeah. And actually there's so, there's enough space for all of us and we're all talking to different people. So, um, I would say just be yourself um, and, and think of it as a kind of conversation between two friends. So you being you, honestly and authentically you, like you would be with a mate and then talking to a friend. Yeah, great advice. I think that's great advice. Yeah, it's so easy to sort of adopt a persona that you think is a successful model. But, you know, like yeah. you said, right at the very beginning, it's about you know projecting what's really you authentically. Um, I have a funny story to tell you. So I was um, I was on a ra I was on the radio ages ago, um, my local radio station, like BBC Radio, and um, the the guy that I was being interviewed by, um, when he's on the radio, he sounds like he. I mean, in my mind, he was like fifty or sixty, wearing tweed, um, quite big and old, and um, a sort of. I want to say rambunctious. Is that even a word? That's I don't a beautiful know. word. It's a good yeah. word. That was how I imagined him. I thought he'd basically have a pipe and be drinking whiskey. Anyway, <laughs> when I went to meet him and be in the studio for this interview, 
he's younger than me and he's this tiny little skinny guy but he's just got a voice for radio yeah he's trying to be like it's a bit alan partridge yeah and i just oh my goodness i was probably they thought i was a good guest but i was just cracking up the whole time anything he said just gave me the giggles <laughs> he's this really tiny person with this really like odd radio voice that just kept booming out of him and I just felt like he was pretending to be something yeah isn't that strange yeah so weird and I just I came away from that thinking yeah you are obviously a successful radio DJ but um you know just be yourself oh my goodness who are you pretending to be so yeah I think we should all just be ourselves and not kind of turn on a weird radio voice every time we speak on the podcast yeah (laughs) yeah I think that's so true yeah yeah really bit weird so yeah you just also if you meet someone in the street who's listened to your podcast imagine how shocked they'll be if you suddenly sound completely like someone else well this is it I mean if you if you're looking to establish a relationship with somebody you've got to follow it through so you'd have to pretend that all the time wouldn't you oh my goodness that would be exhausting exactly (laughs) oh well that's great advice thank you very very helpful advice so I'd like to finally ask you, what does it mean to you to be a bigger fish? Ooh, well, I think to me it means being as, as big and successful as I can possibly be and to be pushing through my fears because I know that kind of my fallback position would be to be a very tiny fish (laughs) hiding behind a rock or a piece of coral and just waiting for everyone else to do everything and me to be like oh hello um in the background but for me to be a bigger fish takes kind of effort and um it's scary but I know that when I am a bigger fish then that's when all the good exciting things happen oh that sounds really good yeah I agree oh that's lovely thank you thank you what a great description (laughs) the tiny fish hiding behind Behind, the coral yeah that's what I'm envisaging the little fish behind the coral yeah yeah (laughs) so if anybody would like to speak to you a little bit more about any of the things that we've explored today where's the best place for people to find you um, the best place would be my website. So just head over to NadiaFiner.com um, and you can get in touch through there and you can listen to my podcast or find out more about my work. But yeah, definitely um, come and find me. I'd love to have a chat and see how I can help you. Yeah, brilliant. I can highly recommend having a chat with Nadia too, I have to say, because um, it's you've been amazingly helpful to me so again thank you personally for, for all of that that's oh thanks wonderful. you're welcome <laughs> I'm so pleased i found you through your podcast it's been yay for podcasts yeah exactly <laughs> thank you so much it's been lovely you're welcome i'll see you soon yeah, bye bye bye, bye. I'd like to say another huge thank you to Nadia for sharing all of that great advice and that conversation was just such great fun. You heard Nadia talking about how she handed off the technical side of her podcast so she could focus on creating great content. Now, if that sounds appealing to you, 
get in touch with us. I can absolutely help you with the editing and the production and all those parts of the podcast so you can focus on getting your message out there. Just look me up on beabiggerfish.net or you can DM me directly on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Debbie Aurelius and let's talk about how we can get your podcast going. Stay tuned to Be A Bigger Fish for more inspiration from some great business leaders and community leaders coming up really soon. Thank you so much for listening in. I'd be really delighted if you subscribe to the podcast and maybe leave us a review so we know what you like about it and so other people can find us too. Thanks so much and see you soon.